Welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast, where we chat with educators, community members, and advocates of early childhood alike through candid and real conversations, focusing on the person behind the practice, along with some tips and strategies as well. I'm your host, Marisa. Today, I am talking with the program manager for the Birth to Five Helpline, the Fussy Baby program that's out here at Southwest Human Development. And if you would like to introduce yourself, go ahead. Sure. Thank you. Um, So hi, everyone, whoever is listening there. (laughs) Uh, My name is Anna Arbel, and I manage the Birth to Five Helpline Fussy Baby program at Southwest Human Development. And been doing this for a nice number of years. Yes. And I want to just give some background for our listeners, how I connected with Anna um, with the helpline. So part of the grant work that I do, I am able to attend um, certain conferences and be an exhibitor at some of these conferences. And I actually connected with um, Sandy, I believe about the birth to five uh, helpline and i noticed that it was one of few one of the few early childhood resources for our community that provided bilingual services Uh and that's super important for the community that we have here in arizona as many of you guys know if you've been listening in the past um we have a growing latino uh, population and many of them are spanish speaking so i wanted to connect with the birth to five helpline and talk about their services and hopefully a future spanish um, language component as well for a future podcast. So um, I got connected with Ana, and I'm so happy to have been had the chance to come and talk to you. Yes, absolutely. This is now great. tell us a little bit about for those folks that haven't heard about the the Birth to Five Helpline. What it what it is for parents? So it's really a service to all families providers, professionals all over the state of Arizona. There is a toll-free number anyone can call. We are open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. in purpose. We want those long extended hours to give opportunities for people that have you know, different work hours, different commitments. and um, So opportunity to really for everyone to connect. And they can connect through the phone. They can connect through email. They can connect through text. I know that everyone now really loves their cell phones. So we made that an, uh, to facilitate uh, whatever way of uh, communication it's easier for all uh, to reach us and we will support them with whatever question or concern they have in English, in Spanish, really whatever language they yeah. have. Uh, yes, I noticed that. It's very multilingual. Um, I was checking out the website and you can download their app. There's a Birth to Five Helpline app. And all of this information that we're talking about today, I'm going to include it in the podcast show notes. Um, I'll put the link there to the website as well and the phone number and how to connect um, with the Birth to Five Helpline for the listeners that want to learn more about it. And also, um, if you have any friends, because oftentimes um, maybe you don't have a child yourself, but you have a friend or a neighbor that has a little one, this is a great way that you can let them know about the service, refer them. Yes, absolutely. Family, friends, neighbors, we all know 
Yes, no. people that we care about <laughs> that have little kids. Yes. Um, so, what would you say are some of the common misconceptions about your role? How long? Well, how long have you been in this role, Hannah? Uh, in the helpline, around eight years. Uh, at Southwest Human Development, around wow. 24 years. Wow. So a very long time. They yes. are so lucky you've been here. <laughs> That's awesome for so long. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. really shows dedication. Yeah. Well, yeah. there have been some fantastic opportunities for me, and I learned really so much through the years. Uh, and I feel that we are bringing all of that to what we do in the helpline because you know, with, you think at ki about kids and you think about babies and older preschoolers and their families and all the different things that influence life of young families, families with young kids. Yeah. And there's so many different things uh, that we have to consider to really be able to give good support. So I think I personally have benefited from all what I have learned here being in different programs uh, through early intervention, through our Children Developmental Center and doing assessments, through the Harris uh, training program, infant mental health training program. Um, it really gave me all the different lenses that are needed to understand all the many different issues and how all those issues really relate with one another. Uh, it's not what we do is not just giving tips to families, but we really try to develop a relationship with them on the phone. And that you can really do uh, when you have a listening, caring ear to what people are sharing and bringing to support them with their concerns. Yes, I think that's amazing um, because you have to have a certain tenacity over the phone to really capture tone and really convey a kind of like a, a, a friend ear, right? That you're talking to about a current parenting issue you're having. Mm -hmm. um, so that takes that takes a lot of skill, honestly. It does. It does. You have to know a lot to have it in yourself, you know, from developmental adjacent stages to infant mental health to uh, all the diversity that we have in our communities, all the challenges that uh, families have, uh, influence of trauma, you know, we have all of that. We don't know the color, but we are just open to hear and listen. We don't come with, this is what's supposed to happen, this is the way to do it. It's really who you are, who is your family, what you want for your kids. So then we have to listen, to really try to understand who that person is. Yeah, there's no judgment. Um, no, no, no there is not. There are so many ways to support kids. I always say, you know, uh, just asking for help, you've, you've already made the first step. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And really, how we think about it, calling is the best thing you can do. You're mm -hmm. giving yourself a chance to rethink something. We tend to do things again and again in the same way because of many different reasons. And to Take an opportunity to rethink that, if that's the best way to support your child, your grandson, your nephew, your niece, whoever it is, and look at it at a deeper level, that is the best gift you can give to that child. And takes courage and strength, you know, to do things 
differently. So this is a place to feel that you have a friend behind the phone. You have a professional friend behind the phone. <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> that is just listening and taking their time to understand you, to understand your question, your concern, and then think with you. We're not going to you know, bombard you with different ideas. We'll just give you some ideas that will help you and give you some time to try them out. And then, if not, you know, have a different conversation. We have all the time in the world to do that. You know, our calls can be 20 minutes, can be half an hour, can be one hour, whatever time that caller needs. We have the time. I just think that's amazing. I love that. I love that having a professional friend. Because some of, I mean, from personal experience, some of my friends, I would not be asking for certain <laughs> advice, right? So I think this is a, a nice resource to have. You know, you're so passionate about what you're talking about, but I, I want to learn more going back. I want to know, like, how did you start in this field? Do you remember? I. I'm old, but I still remember. <laughs> I mean, I have to go back with that for myself, but I mean, do you remember like, how you, you know, course. what was that position or job or role where you said, you know what, I want to work with children and families at some capacity? I always knew I wanted to work. You know, for some of us, it takes a very long time yeah. to find what it is that we really care about. I always knew since I was a teenager wow. that I was going to work with little kids and families. I didn't know exactly what that would look like and actually that looked very different in different places, <laughs> cities, states, countries, continents that I moved. Um, but my first real job, you know, paid job, mm -hmm. was to be an early childhood um, professional. So I worked with the first time was with two-year-olds, and then I worked with three-year-olds, and then I worked with, actually was a mixed age class, three to five, uh, in three different places. Fantastic experience. I was very young while I was learning how to be a teacher, actually, mm -hmm. at the same time. And that was back then in Argentina. Wow. Uh, long, 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 long time ago. Uh, but it was fascinating to see different kids, different groups of parents, different needs, and um, I had also very different directors that uh, with very different views of what was needed. Uh, and I learned there a lot. So that was really my beginning. And at the same time, I was starting to become a teacher. So it was a wonderful match yeah. uh, to be studying what I was doing. Do you, uh -huh. do you remember any point during that, that journey? where you wanted to give up? Like, what kept you, like, how did you push yourself? Uh, I had a very, had a class when they were of three-year-olds with a couple of kids that had many challenges at home. And that was hard for me because I felt I didn't have support in the early childhood setting where I was. But I did find support from someone else that was very close to me. So we would talk about it. And one of the ideas that she gave me that was really helpful back then was when you leave, just take 10 or 15 minutes, sit with a cup of coffee or tea, whatever mm -hmm. helps you, and just write down. How did you feel? What was happening? What was difficult? What was happening with you? What was happening with that kiddo? What were going on in those interactions? 
and then think what you could have done differently. And that was such fantastic support for me in that moment because it allowed me to take some time just to reflect and understand what I was doing, what they were needing, and how we were not matching each other. So I was very young. I was like 19 then. <laughs> so believe me, many years ago. For you to be reflective, that's really hard. Yeah, mm -hmm. at, that, at that time, mm -hmm. depending on your temperament. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about now, some of, some of the teachers, some of the early childhood folks that I come across that are maybe at those, that, you know, fork in the road and they're feeling burnt out, what would you say to them now for those that are just, they don't know if they want to continue in this field? Oh, how long, how many minutes oh do we have? Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I would like well, to say a what's lot a, What's of, a tip? What's I, a tip for them? Well, the first thing that I would say is be good to yourself. Uh, and you are, even if many people are not thinking like this, you're doing something that is incredible. Because supporting little kids is the future. Mm -hmm. So if you are able to give to a little kiddo something in that moment that they needed, that is amazing because that stays with that kid. Mm -hmm. So be good to yourself and realize that you won't be able to do just all what it's needed many times because many of these centers need a lot more support than what they have. So it cannot be only on you. So you need support and you need ways to take kind of self-care, right? And, uh, and that's okay to do that. It's more that's okay. You need to do that. Yeah. And you also need to find people that will support you. So it's either in your center, through other programs that are supporting centers. Call us. We <laughs> would do that. They offer that too. Yes. Yeah. I think um, it's so important. Mm -hmm. Just to help you think what's happening that it's making, what are the challenges that you are having and why? So that a little bit of time to reflect on that, to help you see what is it that it's difficult and what supports do you need? And also what supports are available because there are many centers that actually are not aware that there are a lot of different systems that are supporting uh, lives in centers and um, there are many people that want to help. Let me shift, shift the, the topic. What would you like to see more in our field right now? Now that you've had all of this experience and reflecting back, what do you think some, of, some folks that are maybe entering the field um, or what's been developed, what would you like to see more of that would help your work and support you in your program? So I, a number of different things. This is this is something where I always bring it to for those folks that are not in early childhood, the people that ask me, Marisa, how, how do I help you? Like do what do your work? It's like, well, you can do this, you can do that. You know, I don't I don't want to get into uh, too much politics, but you can vote for <laughs> you know initiatives that support children and families. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So I always say for those folks that are outside of our our early childhood field, how can they support your work and how can they uh, champion your work? Uh, well, if it's for people that it's not in our field, I will still just educate yourself. 
in the importance of the first years of life. And uh, this is something that for us is a given, right? Whatever happens from all the perspective in early childhood really determines so much of what's happening with kids in the future, which are the residents of our state and the cities of our country <laughs> and of the world, right? So for that to happen right, uh, systems need economic support, uh, centers and educators need training, uh, need to have workable hours, need to have uh, moms that have babies, need to have a time to stay at home with their babies yes. and then go back to their work. So it's from legislative to financial to education, but really being aware that what we are doing with little kids, that is what it's going to change because those are our future citizens. Uh, and it's what happens with their kids, with their bodies and their brains in those first five years, in the way they establish relationships, in the way they think about themselves and trust themselves and they can care for themselves and for others. So I think we all have to talk about it. We need journalists writing up with this. We need people in the radio, in TV, everywhere speaking about it. We cannot wait for what's happening once they start kindergarten. Yeah. Back then, we can remediate, but it's a lot more expensive. So we want, you know, from birth or even before birth yeah. to support pregnant women. Yeah. I think you you said it better than I could have ever said it. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> absolutely, that. But... <laughs> absolutely. Um, I want to give you an opportunity. Do you have any insights for some of the programs or... Uh, some of the teachers out that are working with our communities of color, any cultural insights? Um, you've lived here in the Valley of the Sun for several years now as well, um, you know, being Hispanic yourself. Mm -hmm. Any insights for those uh, folks that are working with our communities of color? Uh, it can, and yes, I am one of you guys. Mm -hmm. um, it can be difficult at times. It actually can feel, uh, you can feel a lot of the stress. You can feel misunderstood. You can feel not valued, not wanted um, here. Um, but there are many places to go and many people that believe in the importance of all kids, families, and communities. Uh, so each person has to find those other friends uh, because in numbers there is strength yes. and our voices that are heard so um, you know each person that is here there's here it's here for a reason wanting the best for their kids or the kids that you're working with uh, and we all bring our ideas and styles of what is what is parenting how kids have to develop, what to do and interact, and those are based in traditions that we carry from our own places that we come from, and those are so important. So once you, we're here, uh, in whatever city or town you live in, uh, you bring them with you. So keep valuing them. There is a reason why they have survived for so many years. Uh, so then we adapt to... Um, other ways of being and other ways of parenting and that is fantastic also but there is we can think about that what we want to keep 
and what we want to incorporate yeah. and how what kind of parent or what kind of educator we want to be to the kids that we are with yeah yeah absolutely well is there anything else um, I know how you have a busy schedule anything else you would like to mention about your program or uh, anything particular that you guys have coming up that you want to bring awareness to before I let you go uh, well first of all Thank you for the opportunity. I love doing this. Uh, really also value so much the program that we have because it's to give an opportunity to anyone that is in contact with a young child to find their way to support that kid in the best way they can. So you can call us and let me give you the number which is one 705 kids or 5437. Um, and as you were saying before, you know, we have an app, which is fantastic, right? So from yeah. there, using that app that you can download to your phone for free, you can call, you can text, you can email at any time. And we will call you back or text you back or email you back in the next following business day. Uh, so it's about the questions, it's about other services, supports that are in your community in Arizona, wherever you are, big city, little town, we will help you find what you need. Thank you so much, Anna. I really Absolutely. appreciate coming on. Thank you. My pleasure. And again, if you missed Anna giving us the Birth to Five helpline number, along with the other resources they provide for families, including a family home visiting component, you can check out their website at birth2fivehelpline.org. The hotline number is toll-free at 877-705-KIDS, or it's 5437-877-705-5437. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it, head over to my website to learn more about the podcast and how to show your support. Visit me at earlychildhoodjourneys.com. You'll see all the various ways to stay connected to. Thanks again for listening.